what he's already done. I want, I believe the Lord has given me a word for you. I want to talk to you tonight about royal relationships. Um, last week, we, we started talking about relationships. All month long, we're going to be talking about relationships. We do have a theme scripture, John. It's coming from the Gospel of John, chapter number 1, verse number 12. I, I would suggest to you that you write that on your hearts. Put it in your memory bank. Let the word of God become life to you. Um, because if you can memorize it, then you'll believe it. Mm-hmm. It'll help you believe God's word. The reason why we are not walking in the royalness that he has called us to in every area of our life is because of our belief system. Our belief system has been tainted by the world. It has been <clears throat> curved by his people because we have, as a people, shaped the word of God to fit what we want it to fit and how we want it to fit instead of just believing God's word, applying God's word, and let God do the rest. Amen. Doubt comes in because we got in it. But God don't want you to doubt. He wants you to believe him. And so you have to understand that doubt is not from God. Doubt is when you begin to compare circumstances of the humanness rather than looking at God's word and seeing that God could make a way out of anyway. And even when it looks like you've lost, God makes you win. That's all that's in the word. If, if we go by the word, doubt cannot exist because we have too much proof that God is able. Anybody that can um, heat up a furnace seven times as hot and it burn everybody up that's standing outside and you can walk in there, that's something that God did. And if he could do that, can he do anything? Um, let's read the scripture together. Verse 12, John chapter 1, it says, but as many as received him, let's stop right there. You got to make a proclamation. I have received him. Okay, we got that part. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. Now say, I got it right. Nobody can tell you that you're not a child of God because they didn't give you the right. He did. And he didn't give you the right because you were so good. He gave you the right because he said so. <laughs> That's it. Say, I got right. And the right is not to remain silent, okay? <laughs> Your God deserved to be praised for this right. He gave the right to become children of God. Okay, let's go. To those who believe in his name. 
Now, if you believe, go ahead and shout it out. Amen. You may be seated. It is a prerequisite in the kingdom of God that you must believe. All right? You must believe. Tonight, I want to turn to Romans. Paul writes this letter to the Roman church. Chapter number 12. I mean, I'm sorry. Chapter number 8, verse number 12. I'm going to read. I'm going to read a few verses. We'll go back and see how the Holy Spirit leads us. But I believe that God wants us to know that he has given us a royal relationship. I also believe that there are some things that we must do if we believe that we're in this royal relationship. Okay? How many of you believe? All right. Beginning at verse number 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him that we also may be glorified together. It all sounded good until it got to the part about suffering. <laughs> because we as people do not like suffering, however, suffering has always helped you. Every time you went through something and God brought you through it, no matter how bad it was, it strengthened your faith. And you believed more in God after he brought you through the trouble than you did before you had the trouble. Somebody say, God knows what he's doing. So he, he gives us this system, and it's his system. And he does everything. He, he, he changed us. He, he rearranges us. He, 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 he does it all. And he uses this person, Paul, to write this letter to the Roman church. I believe that this letter is for us right now, today. Somebody may have read it before, but I guarantee you, he's going to give you deeper revelation tonight. 
Because God wants you to understand the relationship that you have already. Not that you're trying to work for. Because he's given us a vehicle called faith. And faith is not through works. So you don't have to do anything except for believe God. They said, wait a minute. I, I, I thought you have to do this. Well, no, you don't have to. Faith causes you to. Let me say that again. You don't have to do it. Faith causes you to do it. Grace starts it. Faith takes you through it. So we have to understand that God has given us a system that works through us so that we can never take credit for anything that we do because he's the one that's doing it through us. He causes us to serve. It's not that you're a great servant. He causes you to serve him. It's not that you're a great intercessor, but he intercedes through you. It's not that you're a preacher. It is him that preaches through you. All of these are his giftings. And so Paul comes to us and he writes to us tonight. And I love it because he wants us to understand that we already have this relationship with God. Isn't it something that you are in direct relationship with the king that has everything, but you can't access it? Now, if he has everything, and he says that he made you joint heirs and brought you into everything that he has, you now have access to it. But a lot of believers don't believe that they have it already. But I believe God's going to show us tonight that we have it already. And once your belief system connects to what you already have, then you can access it. Say, I believe it. Okay, so it starts off. Verse number 12, I read it, but I want somebody else to read it. Verse number 12, can you put it back on, on the board? We're going to start off. So the first thing he says, <clears throat> after we understand that we're joint heirs, then you have to understand that you do not owe yourself anything. And, and as a matter of fact, he says, you are not debt, you're not in debt to your flesh, so don't try to pay off your flesh. Wait a minute. In other words, you owe your flesh nothing. So why are you trying to please your flesh instead of please your God? Ah. He, he, he says to us, because there has been a movement about, oh, yeah, if you do this for God, you can have this and you can have that. You have that already. Oh, if you give $1,000, you don't impress God by giving him money. It's all his anyway. He gave it to you. 
And so we, we, we get this thing about God being Santa Claus. He's not Santa Claus. He, he's God. And above him, there is none. You cannot explain him. You can't write him out. He's just awesome. He's whatever you need him to be when you need him to be it before you even know you need it to happen. God is all-knowing. He, he, he knows everything. God is Shama. God is right here, right now. He is so much Shama. When you was at home, he was there. When you got here, he was here. And while he's here, he's at your house watching your stuff. God is always everywhere at all times. He Shama. He, 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 he begins off and he says, brothers, look, he's a brother. And listen, um, this is not about your flesh. This is about your God. And so the world is fighting against you because the world knows that the word is more powerful than the world. And so the world is trying to get your attention because if it gets your attention, you will start to pay attention to what the world is doing. We had an analogy of that on Sunday. The world is trying to block you from the word. Huh? That's why we talked about the offense. The offenses, many of them will come. They're going to be there. It's going to happen. But that's worldly stuff. How can you let a, listen, how can you let a fleshly thing be more power than a word, a spirit thing? In other words, there's going to be stuff that tries to take your focus off of God. It's a trick of the enemy. And he can never get you to pay attention to what he's doing unless you're in the flesh. So then what happens is we have needs in the earth realm. And we've been tricked to believe that a job fulfills our needs. I'm not saying you don't need a job. Pastor said we don't need no job. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm saying is you should never allow an, another master to be above your God. Because the, the job is not your provider. The job is simply something that God is using to distribute what he wants you to have. He don't need to use that one. All he needs to do is know that you have your eyes on him. And he will allow you to go through stuff that don't feel good so you can realize how good he is. That in the midst of them suffering your flesh, he's working on a plan that he has not showed you yet. But he has said this, I will not put more on you 
than you could bear. He has said this, that all of this is working out for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to my purpose. If they could just keep their eyes off the flesh and on me. The flesh. Flesh pleasers. We get so much pressure in this world system about pleasing flesh. You want to be pleased so much that when somebody do a little thing wrong, it bothers you. Why does it bother you? Because you're captivated on pleasing you. And if somebody don't do something right, it should not affect you because your eyes shouldn't be on what they do anyway. See, you miss what God is doing, focusing on what somebody else is doing. It says, therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh, debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So it says, well, if we don't live according to the flesh, then how should we live? By the spirit of God. So if the spirit of God came from God, then if we're not seeking to please ourselves, who should we be seeking to please? God. Matthew 6, 33. Why should we be seeking God? Matthew 6, 33. Why should we be seeking God? Matthew 6, 33. Why should we be seeking God? Matthew 6, 33. Jesus says this, Matthew 6, 33. Who's going to read it loud? Okay, so it says, seek first the fleshly stuff of this world, and then everything else. You can, you get, if you get the job and you do well, you can have it all. Oh, wait, if you get the position. Well, wait, wait, why is it that we get on a job and strive for another position? I'm just trying to tell you how, how things are getting. You know what? If we get the job we, and start praising, just praising God like we lost our mind for putting us in a position, you don't have to worry about being promoted. Your praise unto God will promote you because praising to God brings you into humility. James 4 and 10 says, humble yourself in the presence and the sight of God and he'll raise you up. The issue becomes we are looking too much at a flesh thing instead of looking at the spirit of the Lord. And God is working on something that's way bigger than we could ever think out. He's at work. And we delay him because we are not seeking him. We are complaining about the very thing that he's using. Paul said, I went to the Lord three times and told him to take this thorn from me. God says, you're not allowing my grace to work for you, Paul. My grace is sufficient for your thorn. Paul grabbed his pen, ran down to Philippi, and said, well, 
I don't have it all, but one thing I do know, I'm going to forget about those things which are behind so I can press on toward the mark which is in Christ Jesus. This is not about where I am. This is all about God. When we make it about God, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, His righteousness don't look like ours. He says, seek first his righteousness. When you you seek after his righteousness, um, you'll start trusting him. Because his righteousness don't look like the ones who broke your trust last time. Uh, So a lot of times you can't believe God because you don't trust him. That's Sunday's message. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Y'all better come back for this one. (laughs) Uh, he, He says, seek first. What? The what? All right. The kingdom. That, that word has two syllables. What's the first one? And what's the second one? Okay, dominion, right? Dumb. So the dumb is the, uh, the, the dominion, the power of God, God's stuff. Isn't it something that sometimes we want God's stuff and we ask him more about his stuff than we ask him for him? Wait, wait, wait. It says... First things first. Um, if, if you seek after God, you won't want to please you. Amen. <laughs> when, see, God created this system that when you're focused on Him, you're focused on things like Him. Uh, so the enemy tries to get your focus on other things, like problems. Am I telling the truth? And God created everything, including problems. So why wouldn't you go to the one who created it? Because the creator has a solution for whatever problem that we face. Why is it that we focus more on the problem than we do on the solution? Ah, I'm glad you asked. Because our belief system is somehow still attached to pleasing So Jesus says, in order to follow me, you're going to have to practice denying yourself. I said practice. Anybody still practicing? Everybody should raise their hand, right? (laughs) Nod your head. Wink at me. Do something. Everybody (laughs) is still practicing. And I said practice because you have to exercise. And God says, I will allow things to happen so that I can get you not to depend on you. 
And so he, 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 he wants us to depend on him. And so the believers should believe more in the solution than we do the problem. So if there's a problem, we should stop talking about the problem and start talking about the solution. Can you imagine bragging on God? It's one thing to brag on your children. It's a whole nother thing to brag on your wife. Oh, she can really cook, yeah. It's another thing you brag on your husband. Oh, he just worked so hard. But I'm talking about bragging on God. When you begin to boast in the Lord, it speeds up the process of the suffering. Oh, wait a minute. That means whatever's going on in your life, if you stop talking about that problem and begin boasting on how God's going to solve the problem. Yeah. See, you don't even have to have all the facts. All you have to know is that he's able. Amen. And when you begin to boast, that's called praise. Amen. And when you praise God, God will come down in your situation. The issue becomes you praise him as long as you think that's long enough for you to praise. And then you go back to the flesh again and talk about what's wrong. Well, God already told you. Somebody say, I believe God. I, believe God. I won't put more on you than you can bear. So then, if it's on you, then praise him. Because when you're praising him, you're seeking him. And when you start seeking God, that is boasting in him and that is praise. Now, God does created us to be in his imagery, which means everybody in here likes to be praised. Can you just tell the truth? There was a little boy, he said, he said, Daddy, um, would you buy me a bike? Daddy said, I don't know, son. He said, Dad, please buy me a bike. He said, uh, all right, son, I'm going to buy you a bike. He said, Daddy, when? When you going to buy me a bike? He said, I'm going to buy you a bike in three weeks. The little boy got up the next day, said, Daddy, thank you. You're going to buy me a bike in three weeks. Uh, everybody else got around the dinner table. Little boy sat down. He looked at He said, hey, guess what? Daddy's going to buy me a new bike in three weeks. Company came over. He said, whoo, my daddy's buying me a new bike. He started talking about what daddy was going to do with the new bike in three weeks that daddy said, oh, I just can't wait. I'm going to go get him the bike. He went and bought the bike the next day. What am I saying? When you begin to praise God, it will speed up the process because you are giving him praise. You are, listen, when you're complaining, you're holding him back. But when you praise, speed it up. How many of you believe God? How many of you believe he's a healer? Uh -huh. How many of you believe he'll make a way out of no way? How many of you believe he's your provider? How many of you believe that he's going to work it out no matter what it looks like? I want those who believe he's going to work it out to just give him a praise. I, I'm talking about a great, a royal praise. Hey, God. 
right, we got 10 minutes before we go. We got 10 minutes. This is, this is some good stuff. Some good stuff. Because, because when, when you're royal, when the king is your daddy, you don't worry. Because the king is in charge of the kingdom. But if you get some stuff that daddy has, see, if you get the stuff, you get the house, but he owns the house. But he gets it, so, so that don't help you. You just got a house. But the relationship is not with the dominion. The relationship is with the so we pray more for the dominion oh, instead of praying for the king. Ooh, oh, we, 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 we just close. You with me? We just close. Uh, God said, God said, he says, when you get the king, you get the dominion. So pr why pray for a dominion thing? When if you get the king, you get the rest of it. But if you get the dominion, you don't have the king. And so we've been praying wrong. God, I just need you. I don't even need you to fix this. Because if I get you what I need you, it just gets fixed. Because where God dwells, everything changes. Amen. So you can bring God into the solution in the spirit realm and don't even have to ask him to fix anything. And what is not there gets added. Oh, goodness. You don't believe me? Let's read the rest of the text. And all these things shall be added to you once you get the king. Oh, man. All right, go, go back to uh, Romans 8. So then, our number one point is seek God. That's it. What are you doing? I'm seeking God. Hey, man, you got this going on. What you going to do? I'm going to seek God. Because when you seek God, everything that's missing will get added. Everything you need. It's no time to quit. It's time to start seeking God like you've never sought after him before. Amen. Amen. Okay. Number two. Okay, let's read. Verse 13. Uh-huh. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So if you live according to the flesh, um, flesh going to die anyway, right? So if you live according to the flesh, depending on flesh, you're going to die in it. Because flesh will never please you. It's impossible. And here's the, here's the uh, you really never please your flesh. Flesh. 
You never please your flesh by, by giving to your flesh. You please your flesh by denying it. Because the spirit takes over. Okay, so so said. Read one more time. For if you live according to the flesh, uh-huh. you will die. Mm-hmm. But, but if by the spirit uh-huh. you put to death the deeds the, of the body. Wait, wait, see, read that again. The deeds. <laughs> the deeds of the body. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. So when you live by the flesh, you kill it. But when you live by the spirit, when you live by the spirit, your flesh dies. And God allows things to happen in our life so that our flesh will die. Wait a minute. I'm not talking about your funeral. I'm talking about your deed. You know, that taking offense deed that we talked about, the deed of, of complaining that, you know, and, and wait, wait, there's one, worry. You worry when you're in the flesh, but when you're in the spirit, you know that God is going to take care of all your needs. Amen. Therefore, your deeds will start lining up to him and when your deeds start lining up to him that means you please him okay so if we're going to please anybody who should we please do you know if you please God you end up pleasing everybody else you'll even please your enemy you'll convert them All right, <clears throat> so I want to read this real quick um, in chapter 8, verse number 5. It says, For those who live ac- according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritually-minded is life, and peace because the the carnal mind is enmity against God for if it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit God's talking to you. So every time your flesh try to rise up, every time the carnal mind tries to rise up, you have to remind yourself about what God said and believe what God said. You don't have to fight back the way carnal people come at you. You don't even have to receive it because it's really not at you anyway. They are trying to offend the spirit of God. So you might as well just let the spirit of God fight your battles because when you're in the spirit, you please God. That's right. (laughs) All right, so... Verse 14, 
Okay, as many are led by the Spirit, these are sons. All right? So, how many of you are led by the Spirit of God? Mm -hmm. Yep, because you didn't lead yourself here. Everybody here right now, God wanted you here tonight. Because he's awakening something in you and drawing you closer to him. Because he does everything by his word. <clears throat> and so it says, next verse, here we go. So, so we're, we're not here to fear. There's no need to fear when you got the spirit of God up in here. Right? Why fear anything? And why allow anything to have more power than God? God says, I adopted you. You have my DNA now. Nothing is going to top you or stop you. Because everything that happens in your life has to go through him. And if he allows it to get to you, he has a purpose in you that he is getting out of you through the suffering that you're going through. And we think we know it all. So we don't want the suffering. And we really try to jump out the oven before we're all the way baked. This some good stuff? Yeah, as soon as it get going good, oh, yeah, it's just going good. Then you want to please you again. But no, no, no. This ain't about pleasing you. It's about pleasing God. Okay. Um, let's go. Let's finish it up. Okay, so the spirit of itself. Now, his spirit is telling you over and over right now, you're his child, you're his child, you're his child, you're his child. And, and guess what? The enemy is going to, who your former master is going to tell you some other stuff. Yep. And he's going to tell you to receive some other stuff, and he's going to tell you not to like people. And this war is not against flesh and blood. But this is, this, listen, that's his job. Okay? God employed him. He's being used by God, too. He did. He created everything, good, bad, and indifferent. It all has purpose. I learned that when I said, oh, okay, God, you allowed evil. Oh, like, like the time I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I needed to run home, so you had a Doberman pincher jump the fence, and it ran me home. See, sometimes God will let evil come after you just so you can get home. So, 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 he, <laughs> so, so if, if, okay, and if children of God, then what, read it, Justin? Okay, heirs mean everything he had comes to you. Okay, keep going. Okay, then he says, then he says, this hookup, the system that I did, he says, I joined you with my son. 
So now you're joint heirs with him. I, I, he says, I don't withhold anything from my son. And all you got to do is come closer and seek me so I can give you more revelation of this relationship that I've caused to happen. You have been used to relationships on earth, but you don't understand a royal relationship. So he wants you to understand what he did. Because when you attach to him in the way he has designed, he will cause this relationship, causes that relationship. And a lot of times we go after that relationship. And I'm not talking about with just man and woman. We are so caught up in relationships that we relate to a thing. We get in relationship with a job. We get in relationship with a car. In relationship with a house. Oh, I ain't going to church. I'm going to sit on the couch. I can watch TV and. Yeah, you can. But God called you to be a spirit of him. And where you go, his spirit goes. And when his spirit gets there, it changes everything. And so you, if you stay home, how you gonna, he's going to use you to change everything. Oh, goodness. I gotta, we got to close out. So he says that we're joint heirs with him. So we're going from seeking our owner, pleasing our owner, and now turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. We're going to close out right there and go home. Is this good? First Peter chapter number 2, verse number 9. We there? <clears throat> All right. Somebody read it with boldness. But who? Who's he talking to? All right. Read it one more time. You are a chosen. You are not a generation that worked to get where you are. By one choice, you became a child of God. Let's go one more time. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. A royal priesthood. Uh-huh. A holy nation. A peculiar people. New King James said his own special people. You are special to God even though you still have issues. You're special to God. God's not mad at you. You got issues because he needs you to depend on him. Okay. You are his own. You're, you're peculiar people. Keep going. 
Okay, our last point. If you are a child of God, then you should be praising God. Right? I don't have time to talk about my trouble. I'm going to talk about the one who's over the trouble. Right? When you begin to praise God for making you a part of his royal kingdom, you start believing it. You don't believe it because you're not praising him. You're speaking against him. He's already told you, I'm going to make a way out of no way. So why are you talking about the way that don't look good to you? Because, Pastor, some stuff is just hard. It is. Now it's time for you to start believing God instead of believing you. Y'all mad at me? (laughs) When you believe God, you will praise him. If you believe God, you will please him. And if you believe God, you'll know that it's not about you. begin to walk in this royal relationship. Everyone that's a child of God should walk in it. You don't walk defeated. Even if it looks like defeat, you can walk in praise. In praise. And people can look at your life and say, how can you praise God when you're going through that. That's why I'm praising them, because I'm not staying here. (laughs) He's already made a way. And I'm praising him to get to where he's taking me, because I believe him. And I'm his child. All the children of God who were blessed by the word Give him a praise. Thank you, Lord.